You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. So it's a, it's a great relief for the company, and uh, it's now going to allow us to aggressively move Kilgore forward from an exploration perspective without this cloud hanging over us. So we're, we're very pleased with the, uh, with, with the result. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. Well, today we are going to be getting an update from one of our sponsors, Otis Goldcorp, and its CEO, Craig Lindsay. Uh, we last spoke with Craig at the Beaver Creek Conference in September, and a lot of positive news have has come out uh, regarding the company. When I was looking over the company's stock chart over the last few years, from about the end of summer in 2016 through the to the beginning of summer in 2018, Otis was trading in that 25 cent to 30 cent Canadian range. And then it, it took a dive and there was some some issue with its permit that was granted at its Kilgore project. Uh, there was some contesting with the U.S. Forest Service, not directly with Otis, but more with the Forest Service. And then that kind of confined the share price range to that 8 to 12 cent range for about the last year. But there's been a positive development that has just come out. So Craig is here to update us on that and talk about what that means for the project and for investors. Craig, welcome back to Mining Stock Education, and uh, please share with us this update. Hey, Bill, thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on today. Um, and thanks for that introduction. Uh, what you're referencing uh, is uh, yesterday afternoon, we received notice from the uh, uh, U.S. federal court in Boise, Idaho, uh, that the lawsuit that was filed by an environmental group against the U.S. Forest Service in connection uh, with their approval of our current exploration plan of operations out at our, our Kilgore project in Idaho. Um, th th this lawsuit was dismissed uh, by uh, the judge last night. So we've issued news on that, updating the market. And it uh, it's a great relief to, to the company, uh, number one. But just as importantly for the Kilgore project itself, uh, it takes, it significantly de-risks the project in that this, this, this lawsuit that's been hanging over the project and creating quite a bit of uncertainty amongst investors uh, with respect to how we're going to be able to move the project forward has been removed. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great relief for the company. Um, it's a great relief for me personally. And uh, it's you know, now going to allow us to aggressively move Kilgore forward from an exploration perspective without this cloud hanging over us. So we're, we're very pleased with the, uh, with, with the result. The market responded positively to this announcement and you were up about 17 or 18 percent on the day, but you're still about one third of what you were a couple years ago, yet the project is more advanced. Uh, you put out a PEA uh, a few months ago. Could you kind of bring us up to speed for those that haven't heard the story? What are some of the highlights of the PEA on the Kilgore project? Sure. Well, firstly, just to remind people, Kilgore is located in southeastern Idaho. It's a volcanic-hosted epithermal gold system on the northeast margin of something called the Kilgore Caldera. Uh, it's got a existing gold resource of just under a million ounces um, in both uh, indicated and inferred categories. And we've taken that uh, deposit and we've wrapped around a 
preliminary economic assessment around the the, the project, and that's uh, was announced uh, back in in August. And the good news on that is there's a five year mine life uh, with production of about a hundred and ten thousand ounces of gold uh, a year, and at a thirteen hundred dollar gold price the the net present value uh, of this project after tax is 110 million us dollars uh, and the IRR on that after tax is 34 percent so extremely robust uh, economics on the Kilgore project as it stands today so when investors are looking at a company like Otis uh, we've got about a 17 million dollar Canadian market cap yet we're sitting on a project that's got an NPV of 110 million US dollars very strong economics and nothing but growth potential beyond the existing deposit and the growth potential of Kilgore uh, frankly has been affirmed uh, by third-party uh, investors specifically two years ago Agnico Eagle Mines came in and bought uh, just under 10% of the company at 35 cents uh, a share Canadian uh, so at a significant premium to where we're trading at right now and for those of your listeners who don't know uh, Agnico Eagle they are very well respected and large Canadian gold mining companies with global operations and are really regarded as one of the premier operators in in the business so to have uh, their blessing in the form of uh, an, a significant investment into our company has been a strong uh, endorsement of the exploration potential that we see out at Kilgore. Regarding that expansion potential, in October you mentioned that you were drilling 14 holes. Those holes were averaging approximately 230 meters in length. What can you share with us now? I know you don't have the assays back, but what can you share with us about the potential here? Sure. Well, it was just a little program. We actually only got 11 holes down um, out of the 14 that were initially planned. They were reverse circulation holes. Um, yeah, the average is about 230 uh, meters in length. And the idea with this project was to do some step out drilling off of the deposit to help see, to, to really help define the limits of the existing deposit and hopefully expand uh, the, the deposit. So we're looking forward to getting some results back on that. They should be out um, uh, in January. Uh, so that project uh, took about two months to get those holes down. Major drilling um, out of Velco, Nevada, uh, did the drilling for us, um, and they did a great, uh, a great job on on the drilling. And yeah, we're looking forward to to getting some news out on that uh, in the new year. And then that was the first phase of a larger drill program. Um, what are the plans for Kilgore and also your Oakley project in 2020? Kilgore itself, I mean, this little program that we did is really a base hit um, using a baseball analogy. Um, and we're looking for triples and doubles uh, next year, maybe home runs in that we're going to be knocking out in between 20 and 25,000 meters of drilling uh, next year. So we've got 60 plus holes uh, planned uh, and it's going to be not just step outs off of the deposit but we next year are going to be looking for the second and third deposits that we think are out there at Kilgore that's why Agnico put their money into the company um, 
that's what investors uh, should be excited about is that the exploration potential above and beyond the million ounces that we're, we're sitting on right now. Uh, so next year is going to be an exciting uh, year for this company. Um, we brought on a fellow by the name of uh, Alan Roberts, uh, who you've met before, Bill, but uh, Alan's a great explorationist, um, very strong technical skills. He's run lots of large exploration programs, uh, and he's exactly the type of guy that you need to to, to run the type of program that, that we've got planned next year at, at Kilgore. So it's going to be a kind of a critical year, I think, uh, next year in terms of the development cycle uh, of the Kilgore project. So that's exciting. And then we've got a second project that you mentioned, Oakley. Uh, it's another gold project uh, right on the border of, between Idaho and Utah. And it's just immediately north of a very well-known past producing silver mine called the Vipont mine. What's exciting about uh, Oakley, they're is an existing uh, 43-101 compliant resource of about 160,000 ounces. So we're not starting from zero. Uh, we have 100% interest in the project, very light royalties uh, on it, and nothing but exploration potential out there. Alan's done a great job putting that project together in terms of uh, doing a bunch of work on the ground, most of it uh, soil and rock sampling. Um, and that has identified a bunch of new target areas at Oakley. Uh, we've expanded uh, the land position at Oakley quite uh, significantly. And our t plan for Oakley is to uh, advance that likely via a joint venture. So we've been out marketing Oakley to potential partners over the past six months. We've got uh, quite a bit of interest in the project and I'm not in a position to uh, announce uh, anything on that uh, at this point, but I, you know, the plan is to joint venture it and use other people's money to uh, advance uh, Oakley. So would the financing for next year possibly come coinciding with a potential announcement of a strategic partner? That could be. Um, certainly, we'd like to get some of this good news out. Um, we've got some good news out with the, uh, the court case uh, being resolved, number one. Number two, getting some drill results out and potentially getting some news out uh, on uh, uh, wrapping a story around how we're planning to advance Oakley. Those three things, I think, are going to uh, generate quite a bit of interest uh, from a market perspective and is going to allow us to uh, finance ourselves. And generally, for your listeners, um, January, February, uh, typically are very good months to finance in the gold space. There's a big show called the PDAC in Toronto at the beginning of March. And if you've spent any time around junior natural resource um, markets, uh, you'll know that uh, it's generally a fairly good idea if you're financing to get it done before PDAC. There's generally quite a bit of activity. In, in Vancouver, where I'm based, uh, there's a show called Roundup in January and pretty much Everyone who's anyone in the industry is in town, and there's usually a lot of activity that uh, happens around Roundup. 
when you're financing, you're also issuing shares. Craig, one question I had from uh, a listener is regarding your share structure. Currently, there is 175.4 million issued shares. Fully diluted shares comes in at 194.4 million. Uh, you've been around for about 10 years. Can you address your share structure, please? And that's something I love to talk about, um, Bill, it, it, the fact that there are investors in the junior mining space are asking way better questions than they did 10 years ago. Um, it's really good to see how well-educated people are. And certainly, uh, share structure is is a critical part of, uh, of any company. And it's something investors should be looking at closely. And yeah, we've got 175 million shares issued and outstanding and fully diluted about 194 million, as you stated. And some people think that's getting up to the top end of where you're comfortable with. Um, one of the things that I can say to address that issue, um, and again, it's a great question, is the fact that our top 10 shareholders own 40% of the company almost on the nose. So there's a we've got a highly concentrated level of ownership uh, in, in the company. I mean, you typically don't see that with uh, juniors that have been around for for 10 years it's usually a much broader distribution of ownership so some of those investors uh, and and some of those investors are some of the best names that you'll want to find in in the gold space specifically i've mentioned agnico eagle they own uh, just under uh, right now about just under nine percent of the company uh, we've got a large shareholder a high net worth individual uh, in the UK that owns 14 percent of the company um, myself and another uh, director own together over 10 percent of the company between the two of us um, Vanek uh, Associates out of New York a very well-known uh, uh, player in the gold space uh, owns just under three percent of the company so we we do have some good institutional uh shareholders we've got strong sponsorship in the form of agnico eagle and just as importantly uh management directors and insiders own a large position in the company and if you're an investor one of the worst things not i shouldn't say the worst things i i, I want to retract that comment but one of the things that i find most surprising is the companies that are led by boards and management that have very, very little ownership interest in the company. Um, they typically will take their compensation in the form of uh, their, their fees and also in the form of options only. They don't have cold, hard cash into the company. And, and you know, our board and management does. And that's a real differentiator. I believe if I recall correctly from our previous conversation we've had that this last financing you did with around a million dollars, that was primarily people that currently own the company, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. They were mostly almost all uh, existing investors. Um, we did have one fund out of uh, Europe uh, who participated in the last financing that was a new investor. Uh, the rest of the, uh, the the folks were all existing investors topping up. Well, the, there has been a little more excitement as of recent uh, with the gold price and the junior gold stocks. Uh, you're in Vancouver and you're leading a junior gold company. Uh, what do you see from your vantage point, Craig? Well, it's a good question, Bill. The last year has been, I was going to say, 
use strong language, but I, I want it. It's been really difficult for, for guys like me, um, not just the past year, the past couple of years. It's been really, really soft in this space. The, the big markets have been rolling. Um, people of, I don't know what it is, but one of the things is, you know, if I can earn 15 to 20 percent putting my money in, you know, S&P 500 stuff, why would I put money into high risk um, junior stocks that, you know, could go to zero? I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, that said, the price of gold has strengthened. So we're in that $1,450, 1500 range uh, U.S., that's generated a lot more interest in the gold space. We're starting to see uh, M&A uh, the, with the large cap gold companies and the mid cap. We've also seen some development uh, company deals that have been announced. And so that is starting to uh, demonstrate uh, uh, some revived interest in the gold space. And typically, you know, the juniors are the last ones to start uh, getting some joy or love from uh, investors. So I think that's on, on the horizon. And I, I think there's generally just a, a lot more jump in people's step these days. People are excited about, uh, 2020. Um, I think as a, a stock promoter, uh, and at the end of the day, that's what I am. We all get excited about the prospect of a new year, but I truly think, um, you know, we're, we're fundamentally moving into a much stronger market for, uh, these uh, junior companies such as Otis. And one of the things, uh, another thing that investors really like, uh, yeah, when they start taking flyers on some of these higher risk juniors, there's been um, uh, a trend towards uh, people investing in safer jurisdictions. And with Otis, you certainly have that. Uh, our projects are in the US. Um, you know, property ownership issues are you know, almost nil. Um, they're very friendly from a, a regulatory perspective. Um, mining is, uh, you know, it's a it's well supported, particularly in the mining friendly states in the western part of the United States, where most of the exploration and development is done. So people people like uh, the the jurisdiction uh, that we're in. Um, so, yeah, I think we're going to have a, a really exciting uh, year and we'll know soon enough because uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from what I think is going to be a pretty exciting year for juniors. Otis Gold's website is otisgold.com. The company trades on the Venture Exchange in Toronto under the ticker Triple O, that's O-O-O, and in New York on the OTC under the ticker O-G-L-D-F. Well, Craig, thank you for this update, and I look forward to talking to you again when those results come back uh, from your uh, Kilgore holes. So we'll talk to you then. Look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Bill. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances 
uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns, as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.